It's time for Bourbon with Friends, the bourbon podcast that never takes itself too seriously. Pull up a chair, grab a glass, and remember, a bourbon with friends can change the world. Here we go. Hello and welcome again to another episode of Bourbon with Friends. We are very excited uh, about today's episode. We have two special guests with us. Uh, we have Brian Nation and David Perkins, uh, both of Keeper's Heart. Uh, Keeper's Heart is a very interesting new whiskey brand that is that is out today. It's a Irish bourbon, Irish American whiskey blend, and I'm very excited. Fellas, thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. Great to be here. Thanks a million. Absolutely. We're lucky to be invited. So I'm I don't so know if we have... with Brian. Oh, go ahead. No, go no jump in. You're already going to jump in and talk about Minnesota. I'm obsessed with Brian's accent. I just, I love that we're talking to an Irishman. Woo! <laughs> 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 talking, so it'd be great. <laughs> I know, like, we just let think about him talk the whole time. <laughs> when, when we go to Scotland here in, a, in like a month, I don't know what she's going to do when she hears a bunch of guys talking <laughs> with an accent. <laughs> So for those of you who are, who are normal listeners, you will notice one voice is not here. Uh, Connor is not joining us. Uh, As you've seen on social media, he lost his uncle. Uh, What you don't see on social media just yet is that he also lost uh, his grandfather um, the same day of the funeral of his uncle. So he is, uh, he is out. Uh, He should be back. Hopefully, um, you know, in a show or two, uh, but we're sending a lot of love and prayers to him and his family. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's why Connor's not here, but we're gonna, we're gonna enjoy talking some whiskey. Um, I'm going to start with Brian. Uh, Brian, you have a little bit of a, a story pass in, in, in whiskey. Uh, and so does Joe Biden over here, right? That's, that's to my right on the screen. Uh, you know, I'm glad that he could take the time out of his busy schedule. The white house looks real weird. It's just, crazy how that looks over in a screen might be a bunker uh well, but brian inflation right now just <laughs> listen you got to do a better job man these gas prices are killing me um brian talk a little bit about your background uh in in whiskey and then what kind of drew you uh to this new project has he frozen up my there, background yeah, everybody froze up there for me a second We're ago. Good. I don't know. We're good. Okay. My, my background is um, I spent 23 years working in Irish distillers uh, based in Middleton uh, in Ireland. So Middleton would have been would be responsible for producing all the distillates and whiskies that go into making Jemison, Redbreast, uh, Powers, Middleton, Method and Madness. So a wide range of Irish whiskies. And the last seven years before I left, so from 2013 to 2020, I was master distiller. I took over from the previous master distiller, Barry Crockett. So have had a, a, a long, happy time working, making Irish whiskey. And then in 2020, I decided to uh, up roots and move over to, to Minneapolis to be involved in this great new brand called Keeper's Heart. Uh, where we get the opportunity to do some lovely innovation and bring the best of both Irish distilling and American distilling traditions together. I I love innovation. That's my favorite thing. 
Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the story that you, um, I suppose, got an email, right, from Patrick and Michael. Yeah, well, it's, 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 it started actually not, not with an email, but with an actual LinkedIn message. Um, and oh. I got a LinkedIn message from Patrick O'Shaughnessy, who I never met or never spoke to before in my life. And I don't know why I responded, but something made me respond to him. And he was just asking, would I be interested in having a conversation? So effectively, I said, yeah, I said, let's have a conversation. I'm not looking for a job or anything like that. I'm very happy where I am. So that followed up with a with a phone conversation where Patrick discussed the opportunity and what they were planning to do and what they were thinking of doing. And it did spike my interest, to be honest with you, because it was a kind of a totally new venture style. It was a totally new opportunity to create different flavors and different taste profiles in in whiskey. So that definitely did perk my uh, enthusiasm and interest a little bit. But again, I still said, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not moving from Cork. I born and reared in Cork. I was, I, I was, mar- I'm married with three kids and, you know, we were all very happily settled. So the kind of call ended by saying, you know, if, if you're in Ireland sometime, uh, let's have a chat and, you know, if there's anything I can do to help you, we'll see. And he said, yeah, I might be in Ireland in three months, but three months turned into uh, less than a week. He arrived. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> His cousin Michael O'Shaughnessy and Michael's father, Jerry. And myself and my wife ended up going for dinner with them, met them for, I expected this, this, uh, discussion to be maybe an hour, an hour and a half, but it actually turned into a five, five and a half hour, uh, dinner, which was amazing because we had never met these people before, but it was the most comfortable, uh, conversation, the most comfortable meeting we'd ever had. And by the end of it, Ultimately, we got into our car to leave. And my wife said, if we'd no kids, I'd be gone to Minneapolis in the morning. So <laughs> it went, I was kind of, well, that's, that's quite serious. Um, and there was very little talk about uh, distilling at that stage. It was, it was basically talking about our family, our values, you know, what interested us, what we wanted out of life. And it really was a genuine, um, great relationship building conversation. And I suppose the rest is history because... I won't say it easily moved from November 2019 to living in, Mini- in, in, in Minneapolis. It took us until August 2021 before we got there due to a number of different uh, things like getting visa sorted in the middle of a pandemic was, was quite a big feat to try and, uh, to try and Oh, overcome. wow. And so you're just a newbie. You're about a year in to your I'm stay there. Year. I started yeah. traveling back and forth from January 21. But my, my, my family moved over in August 2021. So we're literally wow. here, here. And it's been fantastic. It really has been. People have been amazing. The excitement in the distillery and the team that we have at the distillery is fantastic. And working with Joe Biden has always been amazing as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, Minneapolis and Minnesota and St. Paul has a, has a very big Irish community. So They do. And, and you know something? It's been great because... We've been very fortunate in the area we're living in that people have been so welcoming to us and have really we've really kind of uh, melded into the, uh, the the residents with the residents and made great friends and that's been true for me and my wife but also for the kids as well and we just can't be more grateful for that because that was a big challenge moving every everybody over. I have two teenage girls and I have an eight year old boy so. That was no mean feat or no easy feat to move over from uh, from wow. Ireland. But so far, so good. They're having a great time. That's amazing. Uh, talking about a little bit of change, uh, 
One of our sponsors, Kentucky Eagle, got to pay the bills, right? Uh, Kentucky Eagle, uh, they're looking for talented people uh, with a passion for fine spirits. So if you're looking to make a change in jobs, just like Brian wasn't, uh, and maybe something too good uh, to be true, uh, they're looking for sales position and operation roles. They're a family-owned and operated uh, company. Um, they have above, end, above industry compensation, 401k match, uh, health, life, dental, car allowance, et cetera. Uh, positions are available around Kentucky. Uh, visit KentuckyEqual.net slash careers or check out the link in the show notes and all that good stuff. So, uh, I work remote? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> Look at you. You're like, sign me so. up. <laughs> that sounds like a good gig. David, I think you have enough jobs, right? You are, you, you work, you work for Keeper's Heart. You started High West. And and you moonlight as the president. I think you got enough jobs. I don't think Kentucky Eagle can use you. Wow. Biden inflation is the easiest part. <laughs> uh, talking to the media is probably the this would probably be the easiest interview that 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 the that anybody would have. Um, talk a little bit about uh, your kind of journey. Obviously, from from High West now to Keeper's Heart. Well, I think. Uh, well, pa- Brian talked about meeting the O'Shaughnessy's and, and uh, Michael and Patrick are, are un- fabulously relentless. And uh, <laughs> they called me you know, before they started this, you know, maybe 10 years ago, say, we're thinking of doing this. You know, what advice would you give us? And, you know, I gave them some advice. I never thought much about it. 10 years later, they called me and said, well, we did it. And we hired Brian Nation. And that's all I needed to hear. I said, well, where, where can I sign up? So, Oh, that's um, amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, I think for me, uh, well, you know, once Constellation purchased us, it, you know, wonderful company, but when you're used to being the boss and then you get told what to do, it's not really the best thing on the planet. <laughs> you're like, what's uh, so, my next thing? Where can I move to next? Well, uh, the Im- the impressive thing is, is High West is almost has like this cult following within the bourbon world. And so, you know, Jameson has kind of got one of those over here too, in like a different way. So you've kind of got two people who worked in some cult following brands now together. So I can only imagine what you guys are going to come up with. Uh, well, that's the, moving forward. That's the fun part, Paul. And I, I think the funner part is really a plus and, you know, working with guys that, or A plus guys like Brian, uh, you know, you say something once to Brian and he gets it, and he, you know that's fun. And I think the idea of pushing boundaries with really smart people—how much better can it get? Plus the accent, right, Chanda? <laughs> yeah, but you of know, course. What was funny. What was funny for me as well is that my first real introduction to to drinking American whiskey was in a bar in New York uh, called Rochelle's a good number of years ago. And I was over with Jemison doing an event and I had spent all my time talking about Jemison and I was in and out of different bars and everything. And this this bartender or bar owner said to me, you know, what American whiskey do you, do you like? I said, to be honest, I haven't really tried it. And he introduced me to High West whiskey. This was before I even knew. There you go. And I just thought the whiskeys were absolutely fantastic because they were pushing boundaries. And that was that was probably 12, 14 years ago, you know, and it was great to see. Brian was like six then. I was six. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Different flavor profiles. And that really did get me interested in in, in the whole innovation style. And when I saw it. 
coming Paul, on. Paul, if you're going there, we're going to go there. Sorry, Brian, didn't mean to interrupt. When I saw David coming on board and wanted to come on board with us, it was just amazing because, like, we had a great relationship from a number of years back. And just to be able to do something to work together and collaborate together was 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 really exciting and has proven to be not just exciting, but really, really enjoyable as well, which is, you know, half the battle these days. You yeah. Fun and what you're doing. Oh, Mr. President over here showing us bottles we can't get anymore. So you know, that was mean. At least I was showing a bottle that you can still find. Yeah, he, well, maybe, we can't find that down here. But <laughs> maybe Brian and I, you know, we were talking. Maybe we recreate this since it got canceled, and we'll, we'll create it as something else. I, I think you should because that I, I've, I've had I've had one glass of it, and I really liked it, and I never found a bottle ever. Yeah, it is an amazing whiskey. It really, Paul. Is. I do have a bunker. Well, I have an address. <laughs> <laughs> this is only part of the whiskey collection, by the way. This is the this is the loft whiskey. I have kitchen whiskey and I have living room whiskey as well. Okay. So, and then I have hidden whiskey that I just forget about. That's and I actually have whiskey in the car too. I think I <laughs> remember it's there. Oh my goodness! Uh, so, talk to us a little bit about. Uh, about these bourbon, what do we? What should we dive into first? The uh, uh, American or the bourbon? I, I think the the first release that we we had was Keepers Heart Irish Plus American. So let's okay, let's, let's do that. Let's do that one. Agreed. So this is an eighty six proof um, blended Irish American whiskey. Beautiful bottle. So those of you on YouTube that that want to can see, this is a beautiful presentation. I as soon as they came in, I was like, "Hell yeah, this is awesome!" I, um, I was the, excited for this one when it came. I was like, "I'm obsessed, already obsessed," and I haven't even opened it yet. But I, I think Irish and bourbon. But I had to I had to finish it really quick to get the Irish. So you're blending the blend. No, it made no, me even more excited that um, the. The label, the shipping label was from Minneapolis. And I was like, what? This is my hometown. <laughs> That's Very great. Um, I think this, the whole idea behind this was taking Irish pot still and Irish grain whiskey and blending it with an American rye. So it's the first time that you get to taste the richness of an Irish pot still coupled with the spiciness uh, of an American Jeez. rye whiskey. So we source our pot still whiskey and our grain whiskey from um, Great Northern Distillery in Ireland. And we source our American rye from MGP in Indiana, the old Seagrass plant. And the quality of these distillates and, and ultimately mature whiskies is just fantastic. The pot still delivers a lovely, lovely herbal earthiness coupled with some lovely uh, cooked orchard fruits of apples and pears. And then you have a lovely barley cereal note as well. Uh, both the Irish... Grain and the Irish pot still are matured in refill barrels for over four years. So you're not tending to get a lot of oak contribution. You're getting more of vanilla sweetness. The grain whiskey uh, from Ireland is also, it's it's made from a, a, a corn mash bill with 95% corn and the rest malted barley. But you've got some beautiful. Uh, Do you use the 95.5 rye, the Greg Metz 95.5 rye? Five rye is the is the uh, rye component, the MGP component, and that I love that rye from it's it's vibrant. It's got some beautiful tropical fruits. It's got some fantastic spices, and then you've got the beautiful backbone of Chardot. So this blend 
I mean, it started out between 120 to 140 different prototypes. And ultimately, we whittled it down to this, this final blend. And obviously, David was instrumental in, 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 coming in, in coming to that final blend as well. So, you know, it was important to get both uh, an Irish whiskey perspective and an American whiskey perspective on it to make sure that these blends would, would kind of really suit palates of, of both types of drinkers, you know? It's, um, it's throwing me for a little loop right now because there's a lot like my, my palate is not understanding what I'm doing right now because it's like, <laughs> wait a minute, You're, this is not, this is, this is not normal. It's like and learning to drive again, Paul. It is. So I, I have to say on the nose and I, and you can maybe kill me after I say this and that's fine, but this is like where my brain's going on the nose. I remember I'm going and getting a lot of almost like a, what I would think Johnny Walker would smell like, which is a blend, which is a, a, a very high blend. I know it's a scotch and I know it's not the same, but that's where like my nose is going, where you're getting like that combination of flavors that Johnny Walker's known for. And I'm getting that. So that's a compliment. Cause that's, I, I think there's a lot going on. Very sweet citrus floral. Um, I don't, I, I don't get a whole lot of the rye. Like the spice, but I get the rye citrus. And I think that's what's throwing me on a, on a piece here because you have Irish whiskey and scotch. You get a lot more of those citrusy type notes with it because you don't have that. It's not as grain forward as, as bourbon is. And so I'm really starting. It's it's just throwing me for a little bit of a loop here. So I like it, though. Like, it's not bad or anything. I just, it's just it's something I've never obviously it's never been done. So. I think, yeah, I think one of the things about it is that if you compare it to a 100% Irish whiskey or a 100% American whiskey, you get an extra dimension of flavor. You get an extra dimension of mouthfeel and, and, and overall taste profile. Um, for me, when, when I'm nosing it, I do tend to get that little kick of rice spice, but it is quickly followed by the herbal earthiness of the, of the actual pot still. Um, and I think David has a great way of describing it. And it's it's that, you know, you're taking the fruits of the pot still and the rye and they're almost coated in a layer of baking spices, giving you some beautiful confectionery sweetness and some candy ginger. And you definitely have that ele- elevated ginger, yeah. of, of sweetness and, and confectionery sweetness of candy ginger in the whiskey. It's really, really balanced for me. Like I can taste... All of it, like, but like Paul said, the rye, it, it's there, but you don't get that traditional rye that you would taste if you just had a rye by itself, but you get all those undertones with it. And it's, I haven't had many Irish whiskeys because um, I've just been bourbon, fell in love with it and kind of rode that wave for a little while. And now I'm really starting to get into different things, obviously. But this, I was super excited to try and I'm in love with this. This is so awesome. I get, I, I get. I get orange, almost like an orange lime. It's very subtle. Mm-hmm. I get more lemon. I eat yeah, lime, I lemon. I can go. Certainly citrusy, though. We can. Yeah. And, and family, the ginger, right? though. But the ginger piece is sticking out because I think, and maybe I'm wrong, and I'm just going to guess away when you hear me say something stupid. Just say, pause, stop. You're wrong. But I feel like the ginger. The ginger's coming out as well, kind of like at the end, like it, it, and, but I, I feel like that's where the rye comes into play that gives it that ginger. Cause it's not like ginger spice is, am I right about that? Is that, 
is the rye the what's giving it that almost those ginger notes that you wouldn't necessarily see in most whiskeys? You can I say no. That's fair. I mean, there, there's you know, there's no right or wrongs, right? Well, there, I, I think, there is. I think there is. Every, a every palette is different, and that's why we have so many different types. Of I'm I'm just curious if that's because you guys are, are the experts on this. I just I just drink that's it. That's the scientific way for yeah. things to work, Paul. Yeah, I get it. So I, that's where I'm just like curious from the nerdy factor. Like, is that it, you know? <laughs> Is that your opinion? Is that how that would come out, like the ginger aspects, or is there like something else inside of it with the blend that would bring that out? Because I've never had that taste in whiskey ever. I don't think I have an answer for you. But well, the, the, the the ginger and the lemon, as the president, that's not shocking. My <laughs> <laughs> dear little dude who peeked his head in. <laughs> Like, what are you doing, Dad? Sorry, sorry. I'm mine doesn't like, I'm all just the time. drinking. Shut the door. It's okay. I personally think that when we were putting the blend together, there was a couple of learnings that, that really came true on it. And that was our initial idea was that we would have a pot still and a rye co- uh, in the blend. And we couldn't get them to coexist. They were actually, no matter what proportions you were putting them together, they actually seemed to fight against each other. So it was the introduction of a small amount of grain whiskey brought that additional balance and complexity and really left the two, what I would call the powerhouses of the blend, to actually coexist with each other. And that was an interesting exercise for me and an interesting learning for me because definitely at the, at the outset i was thinking that it would be a, a potstill and a and, and a and a rye or a potstill and a bourbon and we wouldn't have had grain whiskey in but the grain whiskey played a very very important part in it right are they equal in in the blend or is one no, no there's okay. the, that it would be what we would call our secret recipe um, but they're there not i didn't ask that for a reason shanda <laughs> well thanks Paul, for making me seem retarded but you're, you're new thinking, well no obviously i'm also asking obvious questions that listeners might actually want the answer to that they don't know because they're also trying to learn so oh yeah i mean there's there it's, um it's not like they're not equal amounts in the whiskey i can tell you that <laughs> thank you when coming through when when creating the blend for this I I can't 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 happened again. That's a cool trick. This happened on another. There we go. We'll come back. It happened on another. That was part of the software, Chanda. Oh my gosh! Maybe Paul should download Chrome. I love that. That was fun. <laughs> I hope that happens to Brian with his Irish accent because I bet it'll sound. Oh, good. wouldn't it be great? It would just be like music. We could just make it like a like put it to some you know to some. I actually thought house music. There, David, that you were actually wearing an Irish cap, but you're not. You're wearing a baseball cap, yeah. Oh, you and, thought it was like one of those. Uh, yeah, it's a, yeah. From the way the camera was looking at one point, I was saying, Jesus. Oh, yeah, like one of those newsboy newsboy style hats, yeah. The cheeky peaky blinders, cheeky, cheeky blinders, blinders. Right, peaky blinders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not. Aww. No, it's a, it's a, it's a ski hat. Okay, okay. Very nice. Yeah, it's got this straight bill. I'm not used to wearing a straight bill hat. You know, Chanda. 
Same with here. I have to bend it still, even though it's yeah. wide brim, but I still have to bend it. I didn't bend same. it because it's it's cool here in Park City not to bend your hat anymore. Ah. I know. Same same everywhere, but I'm everywhere. I'm a forty year old woman. I'm not gonna play that You're game. I have a very small face. <laughs> I can't handle wide brim hats. <laughs> There's Paul. You decided to do that whole wiki thing again. Yeah. You guys keep going. I have to jump out because this thing's not working. All right, we'll keep going. We're just we're gonna move on to the next one then. So pour the second one if you're able to get back in. Well, Chanda, I have to say that all this made me thirsty, so I need another pour. So Absolutely. Gonna... Hands down. Let's I'm do it. Shameless. Pour a little more. So yes. I took the COVID vaccine yesterday, the new one, you know, for all the new uh, things. And I'm kind of uh -huh. feeling I'm kind of feeling the, the chills today, so I need a little oh, medicine. Oh, so you need a little medicinal medicine, right? Exactly right. So we're drinking the next one, right? We oh, are. We're no. starting to pour it. Right. Oh, I didn't miss we much. Are, I'm going to have to down what you I we're literally just cracking it now. I'm not. I'm not doing this Logitech anymore because that's what breaks it. Okay, but Paul, back to the. You know, when when Brian and I were finalizing this recipe, and in fact, the final recipe was in Minneapolis when they called out the National Guard, and we were on okay. top of a hotel. I mean, this was during you know kind of the, the final moments of the riots, and right, and and the, we were on top of a roof in a hotel, an outdoor roof. And we would look down to see the National Guard on the streets, and that's when we finalized the recipe. So that was kind of a fun memory. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Yeah. Ooh. All right, like so. Safe, so we didn't, we, didn't, we weren't in any danger. But, so when you did know, you release the Irish and bourbon? When did this get released? This was released about two and a half months ago. Oh, very new. Um, yeah, about two and a half to three months ago, I would say, at this stage, yeah. The, the nose on this one is... This is caramel heaven on the nose. <laughs> yeah. So this is very this this we we intentionally made this bourbon forward. Yeah. Uh, you can tell. My language. One of the reasons for that, and and David David can talk much much better to this, and uh, uh, but it's really around a bourbon whiskey drinker is very loyal to bourbon whiskey. So when you want to try to entice them to drink something different, having that forward facing uh, or tasting bourbon does entice you to drink, to try something new. And that was the whole intention behind this blend was to try and create something that was bourbon forward, but had that Irish contribution that you mainly get towards the mid palate and towards the finish. This, this is, delightful. is, I really like that. Like I, I so to me, the Irish American, this is one I would drink that to me, that that's a fire pit whiskey for me like the way it tastes like i want to have a cigar and sit by a fire with that this i i can drink anywhere uh fire pit beach anywhere and well, it's a little maybe, opposite for me this one's giving me more of a warm hug that i would want to sit by the fire with like a nice book see, this one the i think the right summery citrusy lighter Sorry, I That's forgot. This one's 92 proof. I actually think the 86 proof is a little more spicy, and that probably is from the rye a little bit. I just thought it gave a little bit more. Like This has more of your vanilla caramel-like smoothness oh. to it, which a lot of times with like a bourbon, right, the higher the proof doesn't bourbon, always drink like that. It, oh, this, yes. Yeah. This has got that full mouth, that, that oily mouth coat that you're looking for in a bourbon. The other one I think was definitely drier with a little bit more crisp, right? With the with the citrus notes. This you're getting a lot of your bourbon forward, 
you're getting a little bit more of the grain, that sweetness of the corn, vanilla, caramel notes, but you're getting that influence of the Irish whiskey as well. And that's where I'm trying to put my like no like my stamp on that part of the palate because again, I'm sitting here going like, wait, that smells like a bourbon and it doesn't drink like it. So what's <laughs> going on? Yeah. We love I the tricks. The fun that the, the Irish pot really has this long, long oily finish and it really accentuates the bourbon for me. I agree. Yeah. I love this. This is fantastic. It's- this is a very wet whiskey, wet bourbon, wet, it's not a bourbon, so wet whiskey. Whiskey. Right? And, and I know that people are like, oh, it's all wet. It's all liquid. No, like it, there's dry and there's wet. This yeah. is a very wet. Well, just like, like wine. And there's it coats your mouth really stuff. well. Yeah. The, the oils in the pot are wonderful. And it, it blew me away. I didn't think it would work. And there were a lot of different recipes, but <sighs> I didn't think it worked, but it did. So. I think that was the fun around it as well as that, yeah. you know, doing all of the different recipes and, and, and working together on it and just trying to keep working, working until we get that taste that we feel is the, is the right blend. I mean, that's, that's the beauty of being able to, to collaborate and innovate and, and try something different. And I really do like it. I think that the, the, the balance and the complexity of the whiskey is fantastic. I also think that with both of the whiskeys is that because they're they're made up of so many different components uh, in terms of the three components are in each of these whiskeys, that each time you go back to it, it actually begins to give you a different flavor profile, a different uh, a different experience. And that's what makes these whiskeys such good sipping whiskeys as well. Um one of the other things that we were looking at when we were putting these whiskeys together is to actually have them very versatile because, you know, nowadays people want to experiment more in cocktails and all of that. So we wanted to make sure that we that our whiskey for, to be a successful brand nowadays, it needs to be play, able to play in all of those spaces. And I think, you know, if you put a Keeper's Heart Irish plus American in an old fashioned and you put a Keeper's Heart Irish plus bourbon in a Manhattan, they work extremely well. And we're seeing that in the in the markets we're going to. Bartenders are actually changing the whiskey out on their menus to have Keepers Heart Irish Plus American in in the old fashioned. And they're slowly beginning as as we're getting out into with with, with the bourbon, they're beginning to do the Manhattan with that. So long may it continue. I, I don't I, care uh, what Paul and Sean to say about Brian, but that was just poetry right there, what he said. That was poetry. That was, <laughs> really that, was. That, was that was really good. <laughs> You, um, you can't say it, uh, David, because you see, that, that's biased. Like, <laughs> uh, I, I've been saying for a long time, and the people who have listened to the show probably at nauseum are like, "Oh, here goes Paul in his soapbox again." But I've been saying the innovation in craft distilleries, new brands—that's the future of whiskey. You know, that's the future of bourbon in, in America. I mean, even to an extent, I think it's the future of, of Scotch and, and Irish and everything because you, as as a son, as a kid, your tendency is to rebel against what your father drank, right? So at some point, you're not going to drink Scotch the way your dad drank Scotch. You're not going to drink bourbon necessarily. I mean, my son will because he's perfect, but um, uh, but like even at that, right? Like it's and it's your always, daughter, yeah. Well, the girls, she's not here yet. <laughs> <laughs> there's 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 all these different things and this is something where I, I have to say I've never would have thought about doing a blend like this. 
Um, but now when I go to Scotland now, like I, but I've been doing this interesting thing, right? Like I will blend different types of bourbons together to see what that profile is. All and every right. now and then when we do an Instagram live, I just do something that's shocking just to see people just freak out in the comments, you know, take like the three most like, lucrative bottles I have and just pour them all together and watch people have a heart attack. Um, it's funny, but it is very interesting when you play with different types of spirit. And I think that this is such a cool idea. And that next step of innovation, I can only imagine as this gets older, right? As you start to get into six years and eight years and 10 years and the types of blends you can really start to do, like that's super exciting stuff, right? I'm sure you guys are in R&D and have played around with it. There's some really exciting things that you guys have in the works, I'm assuming, correct? Yeah. I don't need I don't need specifics. You just give a general. Well, you do have a 10-year, no, right? We have a ten-year-old yeah. single malt that we source from uh, from Great Northern Distillery as well. It's actually coolly stock, and we finished it for four months in Malaga wine barrels to bring some nice honey sweetness and uh, a more velvety texture to the whiskey, as well as some almond nutty flavors and apricot sweetness. And it really has enhanced the whiskey. And, and that's that's on very small allocation, but. Uh, the reaction to it has been fantastic. But getting back to the innovation. My, my bottles my bottles of that last about three days around here when I open one. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's it, it is something that there, there's definitely a taste of more of it every time, which is which is definitely good. Um, in, in relation to the innovation question, one of the things, you know, we're, these are whiskeys that we're sourcing and we continue we'll continue to source these whiskeys and they'll be they'll be uh, we're laying down contracts with both great. Uh, Great Northern and, and MGP to continue that. But at the distillery is, as well, we're producing American whiskey in the Irish style of triple copper pot distillation. So we've been doing that since last August, the late, end of August of 21, and we've been laying down stocks since September uh, of 21. And we're producing an American single pot still, which is using that quintessential Irish style of malted barley and unmalted barley distilling it three times in copper pot stills, but then Americanizing it by maturing it in virgin American oak. And well, in order so Brian, you, you got to say it. We're, we're Americanizing Irish and we're... Irishizing American. Irishizing Irish. American whiskey. <laughs> that's, the, that's the theme to the innovation. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that is proving to be quite exciting as well as we're monitoring the, the progression of these distillates as they're maturing. We're also producing a triple pot distilled rye as well as a triple pot distilled bourbon. And Ooh, we're, boy. we're playing around with the, the mash bill on the triple pot distilled rye at the moment. And wow. myself, and David, will be uh, assessing a, a lot of those distillates next week when he's out with us in, in, in Minneapolis. So there's lots of great innovation going on. And we have a fantastic distilling team. Uh, at the distillery that are so eager to do all of this innovation as well. And it's just great because we have the freedom to do it. The, the O'Shaughnessy's are really into, you know, letting us to be innovative, let us drive the innovation. And we have a CEO who's so supportive of it as well. So it's great to be able to do that on a regular basis. And that's the fun part of whiskey making. And, and what some people might not realize, you guys actually have a distillery that's, Built and operational. Yeah. So oh, we. It's badass. <laughs> it looks badass. So when I come into town next time, I will be giving you a ring. 
Mr. Nation. Definitely common. I have my family there still, so yeah. Shanda is going to start this, I'm telling you right now. After our whole tour of Scotland in a month, She's going to be sitting this entire tube be like, so the next thing we're doing is we're going to Minneapolis, right? We're going to go up there. We're going to go to that. No, the funny thing is, actually, I didn't even tell you this. I said, after oh Scotland, in my mind, I'm like, I think we should go to Ireland because I am part Irish. So. Well, that's 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 in the works. Minneapolis, but you're part Irish as well. Oh, my God. I am part Irish. Yeah, my, my maiden name is Bailey. So okay. you definitely got to come and visit the distillery. No, you have to. <laughs> I'm, I mean, we're basically blood, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Long lost relatives. Right. That's right. And if they, they pop and up if, everywhere. And, it, and it, if nothing else, you like whiskey. So that's at least something that you have in common, right? Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Did you, Brian, did you have like, how much experience with like bourbon did you have? before coming over zero really wait i paul i don't know if that's the right question okay what's the correct question i think the right question is how much experience with a straight distillate did he have that's actually a a better question yeah i mean for for us our focus in middleton was always on focus was on pot distillation and that was really the, where the innovation was being done and also the continuous uh, production of the, the existing styles of distillate. And then we would have been made, we would have focused a lot on grain whiskey as well, which was using that high percentage of 95% yeah, corn and the rest malted barley. So we didn't produce uh, a straight whiskey in, in the style that we call the TTB American uh, definitions there. But I mean, for me, low contender whiskey. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just David, kidding. Not David, really. David, David is um, is is really pushing for this high contender whiskey, as you know, and that's something that we feel we can achieve using the triple pot distillation process as well, and capture a more refined high conge- level of high congeners that right. will actually give a fantastic taste profile. And I think, David, you, you'll admit that what you're seeing maturing and the distillates that we're producing, that they're, they're, they're quite impressive. Very much so. So that's, that's the fun part. Yeah. I think Paul is the, uh, taking the Irish style, which is a, a, a higher proof distillate, lower congener, and maybe creating some higher congener, you know, i.e. more tasty. So, right. You know, the proof will be in the pudding in a few years from now, but that's exactly. the idea. No pun intended. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the worst part about whiskey is you have to be patient for it to bake. Mm-hmm. It's got to cook in those barrels. I'm not that patient. Now he's talking about it. I'm like, I'm, you know, I want it now. Like, how do we get bottles <laughs> of this like today? Exactly, yeah. But the not a whiskey's... lot of happens in Minneapolis either. It gets so cold. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good do you guys store like the whiskey uh, up in in minnesota or do you move the bar- move the barrel somewhere else so we're, we're maturing our whiskey in minnesota yeah um, so, so that's going to be bring a whole other aspect of flavor yeah, profiles because of the weather up there going to have a difference um i mean it's kind of like ireland right brian it is Holy but it's one, one of the things that uh, <laughs> Yeah, not wrong. That's why I moved. (laughs) No, that we had in Minneapolis, 
Uh, if we had that in Ireland, the country would shut down for six months. <laughs> it, it would. It, Minnesota's a different beast. Sure Everyone is. says they're from Boston or New York or wherever, and I go, I'm Minnesota. I'm basically well, Canada. David, it's got to have beat. it's got to have some of the same pieces of Utah as well as like Colorado. Like it's got to have a lot of those types of similar scenarios. The extreme cold, and it can get hot. I mean, it's not like it doesn't. That's yeah. right. You, That's right. I, I think some of the best whiskey right now, like with the innovation and stuff, is coming out of out of Colorado, Utah. I mean, you're getting a lot of high high flavor type whiskeys there. So, what do you? What does that play in for what you're doing? Because obviously, uh, a an Irish type whiskey isn't in the extreme cold. Obviously, you know, like David said, cold and shitty. It's not cold and you know freezing in oh, Ireland and freezing, yeah. yeah exactly how do you think that plays on like the barrels and the maturation process as you guys you know age the distillate I I think for for from my point of view one of the things that we're doing is we're having some ability to control the temperature to a certain ex- extent within the warehouse to prevent it from actually just going completely too cold where you could have a negative impact on the on the extraction from the barrel, but you know, it's not. It's not that the barrel just goes cold immediately. There's enough heat capacity within right. the liquid to 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 maintain a temperature. But we we have to ensure as well that we don't go to the point where it's just so cold that maturation completely stops and and actually causes a leaching out of unwanted wood compounds into the into the barrel, you know, or into the whiskey. Can I leave you with a thought? You know, Brian, we haven't talked about this, but where where do most of the fish in the ocean live? Cold water. Exactly. And why, Paul? Nutrients. Well, there's an important nutrient that, that goes into your lungs. What is it? Oxygen. Exactly. Cold water is actually more oxygenated. Cold whiskey is more oxygenated. Oxygen is a what? Catalyst. Yeah. So we might actually create better flavors in the Minneapolis environment than the Kentucky environment. Just saying, we don't know. We got to run the experiment. No, I'm not. And I'm not saying you're wrong. I mean, it's, 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 it's just, it's, that's why, you know, I asked that it's, it's an interesting piece to it that when, you know, it doesn't matter where whiskey's made, right? Like nobody thinks or not nobody, but people don't necessarily as a majority think of how the climate, or how you know the the seasons play into that with the extraction and the expulsion of the of the liquid into the wood, and it plays probably the most important part. It's why very hot weather climates, your whiskey doesn't taste as good as I think. At least well, I mean, Kentucky's you know they're telling us that the, the hot Kentucky summers are you know making a difference, making the whiskey go in and out of the wood. I think the Minnesota environment might have a good impact, but we're running the experiment. I heard that there's a place, not I'm only bringing up Wisconsin because of this, otherwise I would never bring Wisconsin up, but there's a place in Wisconsin that's supposed to have really good limestone and that sits close to the river and they're producing something. And I can't remember where I heard this from, but they're producing a really good either whiskey or bourbon out of there that people are just raving about. Um, and it's, and it's Wisconsin. I mean, nobody would probably think so. Good question. You guys using limestone water? Yeah, so it's it's water that's abstracted from a well and it's on a limestone aquifer, effectively. So 
So yeah, we are. Well, Amazing. Oh, I just have to say the whole limestone water thing. Today mm-hmm. is bullshit. Hundred years ago, yeah. it wasn't. But today, filters are so cheap. You can do anything they could have done a hundred years ago for so cheap now that the whole Kentucky limestone thing. It was important before you had filters and blah, blah, blah. Right. Because yeah. of the natural this filtration. Time. That's all marketing bullshit. This is why I love doing interviews with David. <laughs> <laughs> He's like debunking everything. <laughs> I can't say these things. I don't know why you, you didn't say anything on this show. We don't care. Hey, this is probably the first. We're curing inflation. <laughs> well, I say, well, I mean, I didn't say make shit up. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know the name fits the bullshit, I guess, on the right now. So uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's 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 just it's so interesting, right? Like, so there's just so many questions. I'm sure we could do like hours of this because of how unique this brand is. Um, but kind of to to wrap things up, what's what's something, if anything, that you guys can talk about that's that's kind of coming out soon. If you have anything also, how many States are, are you guys in and where can people find your brand? Wait, well, hold on, Paul. I was hoping you would ask us what our three favorite bourbons are. I mean, yeah, I, I was going to just, I mean, I was just going to highlight on your brand, but I mean, if you want to talk about it, you can, we can go there. I'll, I'll let Brian answer the first question. Sorry. That was the first question. My favorite. Part? <laughs> <laughs> no. It, how many States are we in? We're yeah. currently in 19 states, which, you know, for a, a brand in year one is, is so much That's easier. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, we're, in so, the, we're in the liquor store you guys kept. So we're kept in the Irish section at the liquor store. Um, so we're in right alongside the Irish whiskies. Um, and that's something that we, we want to be placed there because they're of that Irish connection as well. Right. Uh, yeah. We're okay. in 19 states. And we're also on reserve bar that allows us to get to another 11 or 12 states on top of that as well. Um, so it's, it's, really, it, it's really something that has grown quite quickly. Um, in fact, we're probably, we put the brakes a little bit on to try and make sure that any of the states that we're in, we can actually give it the attention that it needs to grow the brand and grow the awareness of the brand, um, which is something that, you know, we've seen as we've, as we've started to, to go into more states that you need to be underground more. You need to be showing, telling the story. You need to be getting people to taste the whiskey as well. And so that's why we're focusing on those 19 states. All right. What are your f- three favorite bourbons? There you go. That's David. No, it's David's, uh, David's question to answer. Wait, you're not going to answer? Oh, I will. Yeah, but I leave you answer first. Okay. Fair enough. Oh, uh, Oh, Paul, I was hoping you wouldn't answer, ask me that question. <laughs> it's your fault, man. You, you're, you're the one that brought it up. Fair enough. Okay. So, first of all, any bourbon that Larry Ebersole touched? Fair. Any bourbon Larry. And, you know, probably it's off, my number one that he touched is Wild Turkey. I love Wild Turkey. Absolutely. All of it? Wild Turkey's good. All of it. Um. Second is, I, I don't want to say it, but pre-MGP bourbon, so any Seagram's bourbon at the Seagram's Indiana plant, yep. unbelievably yep. fabulous bourbon. Uh, anything that, you know, and Greg Metzi under Larry, um, 
fabulous stuff. Greg, Greg's doing amazing stuff out in Colorado too right now. Greg's fabulous, uh, you know. But Larry was, you know, Larry was Greg's mentor. And, yep. Uh, but Greg's fabulous. Uh, Eagle Rare, my guy. I'm going there. My oh, guy. Yeah, hey, hey, nope. Hey. This is my. Uh, this is one of my favorites too. That's a house whiskey. Uh, and anything. It Jim would Rutt- be if I could get it. Yeah. Uh, and Jim, yeah. Four Roses. Anything Jim Rutledge made. So, because uh, oh. Jim and Larry all worked together at Seagram's. Anybody at Seagram's was one of the most fabulous people. But and, and I think what's going to be next is Brian Nation Burden. Watch out. <laughs> Watch out. I'm here for it. Uh-huh. Brian, you know, Brian, you don't have to answer that question if it's you don't want. Very, to. It's very hard to follow because, to be honest with you, um, as I told you earlier, I was introduced to, to American whiskey through High West. Um, I actually do like the Prairie Bourbon. I also like... I mean, Prairie's a mixture of wild turkey and the old serums. Okay, interesting. Oh, the secret's out. Yeah. Well, the, the new one's not, so it, it's strange, <laughs> but we won't go. <laughs> I like Victor's bourbon as well. I like Yeah. They have, a, they have a good bourbon. The like sour that. mash is one of my, it's not a bourbon, but it's one of my favorite kind yeah. of just everyday sippers type. Um, And then, like, to just to, to, to qualify something that David said about Greg Metz and Larry, I would have met Larry and Greg Metz a number of years ago in, in the uh, Seagram's plant in Indiana. And they were, they were and still are amazing people. And, you know, we're in contact with them at the moment as well. And they're so gracious in, in, in talking to us and giving us advice as well, which is something that's, you know, it's great about the whiskey industry is that we leave all the sales and marketing people have the, have the, the, the fights for shelf space and all of that. But the actual people that are doing the distilling and, and the blending and the maturation, they tend to have a good relationship to be able to to talk and network, and I love that part about the business. Yeah, you know? and, and you all are f- are fun to talk to as well. Uh, when you get past all the marketing people that make us go through them first, you know, to get to you guys, since we're all taking shots, we'll just take we'll just keep going. No, I'm just kidding. Marketing people, yeah, they won't sleep. Yeah, tonight they'll be <laughs> No, Greg, Greg's been See, great. Once you get on, you know, we don't bite. We're we're fun. Uh, no, I, I, I'm mine. No, I said once you have Google Google Chrome, you don't bite. Yeah, once you have Google Chrome, <laughs> <laughs> we'll put that uh, in the footnotes for all of our future ones. Yeah, no, that's fine. Download Chrome. <laughs> oh my goodness, uh, fellas, this has been really fun. Um, thank you for sharing your stories. Thank you for sharing your whiskey with us. Um, I'm I'm very excited to see what you all do next. Um. I have a feeling. I, I will tell you, Greg Metz came on the show. They sent us whiskey, and I've been obsessed oh. uh, with Old Elk ever since. I can see oh. this being the same because that's it's kind of in the same line, right? You have you you guys have a lot of history, and you're and you're bringing innovation to the table. So, um, really excited for that. Uh, we'll put all like your social medias in in the in in the bio so people can follow you as follow you all uh, as well. So. Um, Thank you so much for uh, for joining us. Uh, and remember, a bourbon can change the world. That's it for this episode of Bourbon with Friends. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. While you're at it, leave us a review to make it easier for others to find the show. You can also check us out on Instagram at BWF Podcast. 
Thanks for listening.